Hello and welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Angelica Yard. And I am Charisma O'Keefe. And every week we are here on Thursdays, almost every week. Um, and we are telling you about life and work and balance and entrepreneurship and all the good things and surviving 2020. We've been doing this for five years and we absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're just trying to survive this year. It's almost done, guys. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be like the end of like Game of Thrones where we we survive it and then we just get like brand to be yeah <laughs> I, you know like, nothing good's gonna come i the do feel that's actually a really great you know because example because it's like it's not like we're gonna get anything like we'll still have lived through this horrific year and then like 2021 is not gonna be like easy but at least like I don't even want to say at least there won't be an election because, you know, if the election does not go well, then I it, it could be worse. We could just be actually heading into like season six or seven of Game of Thrones right now. So it's, I don't know. It's going. Um, Last week we talked about boundaries. I think it's a really good episode. So go back and listen to it if you have not. Um, just that was a therapy session for me. It was also. such a good episode. I feel it like was we a talked really about good stuff. episode. Um, especially going into this season of having to make hard choices for the holidays i know a lot of us have to do that or are in a place where we're trying to figure out what we're doing in terms of getting together but also not because there's a pandemic and trying to set your foot down so that is a good episode to maybe start with as you go through these conversations with people um because i've noticed the the conversation in, at least in my social circles have been very much people having to figure out how to have those conversations if they had not already had them. Because there are definitely different levels of pandemic living <laughs> that people yeah. have levels of comfort, which we talked about in our Q&A as well. So I would yeah. suggest listening to that before I you start I definitely think play. there's there's a lot of people that like are like, okay, I'm not going places and I don't feel comfortable getting together for the holidays. And there's other people that are like, going to give them grief over that um please don't give anyone grief over that i know that a lot of it's going to come from like the boomer generation being mad at their kids for not doing it but please don't find yourself in that situation where you're guilting somebody because they don't want to come to your house during the pandemic like yes it's a holiday but there are so many different ways to get together like you can have a FaceTime dinner and, and do something like that. If you live near someone, then you could try, if they're comfortable with it, doing something like outdoors and social distance. But just because it's like a special day doesn't mean that the pandemic isn't still going on. And it doesn't mean that it's like necessarily safe to come to your house. Now, obviously, there's going to be small groups of people that will say like, okay, well, we're going to like quarantine or get tested and get together or whatever. But it's like, if you're having a thing for like 30 people at your house and you know, there's no protocol and everyone can just show up. Like friends waited for two weeks. We quarantined and then we went to private island. Oh my God. I saw that retweeted and somebody was just like, can we please just not do this anymore? Like, can we not with the Kardashians anymore? Like, can we be done? I don't, I don't even care about this, but this is truly the best meme. It was so funny because, like, Ever. I started seeing, like, the meme before, like, I saw Same. somebody. So somebody posted, like, the thingy, and they said, am I doing this right? And then they, they posted Lord of the Flies photos from the yes. movie. Yes. And, I, like, I was very confused. I was like, all right, I don't know what's happening. Like, I feel like that's happened to me a lot this year in 2020 where I've come onto, like, Twitter and something is happening. I mean, that's what happened with the Chris thing the other day. Like, I was oh like, my oh, gosh. my God, is Chris Pratt okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I 
just came into that meme not knowing what it was. And then later on, I saw, I think it was Quinta had re, re tweeted it or whatever and said like can we just not anymore and I was like oh so this is what this is about but yeah I love that and what's funny is like I don't follow any of them of course but I did go to that tweet to read under because I was wondering like like what is going it's, on with the disconnect like, it's are not people... even just like one tweet it's like a thread yeah of I was like are people amounts. like into this because I'm I just I'm so confused like because no one really like that I know, I didn't like, know she was on into Twitter them. For like, some yeah, reason. I just didn't know that that was like something that people would want to see. And underneath, everyone is like, "This is this is not it, sis. Like, this is the <laughs> wrong thing to be posting right now. Like, read the room. Like, people are like, and not everyone's like nasty about it. I'd say actually most of the people weren't, but they were just like, "This is not like what we need to be seeing right now. Like, this is not like, please read the room." And so it was so interesting to me that that was everyone's response. But she was posting that maybe she doesn't post on Twitter normally because Twitter is more like you know Twitter and Instagram. That's two different crowds. Um, yeah. I'm in both, but we know there's differences. So, <laughs> oh my word. Um, yeah, I think yeah. As you make choices, just you know, do what's best for you. I will. Fe- I will say, personally, from my experience, it actually hasn't generationally been boomers, but more so a uh, class <laughs> situation. So people who are uh, yeah, fluent seem to um, care a little bit less about quote unquote, the rules or whatever, you know, whatever you want to put it into your lockdown, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, your jail sale, whatever, <laughs> like however you want to phrase it. So, um, so I have seen a lot of my friends have gotten actually grieved, not from their parents, but from siblings, like who, who feel a certain way. And also obviously politically, because this yes. has become a political tool. I don't know why. <laughs> um, my issue with America, the United States of America, I'm not going to get on you South America for this one, but the United States of America, the people here were so obsessed with tradition that it's dangerous because we mm-hmm. don't have culture. <laughs> Just yeah. To, plain, to put it plainly, like we don't have a history. We're still a baby country. And so I feel like people, because our culture is very like, a mix of all things and so people can't really identify with one specific thing being american that's like kind of a a general broad good thing especially right now um so tradition means so much to people and because that is a great way to explain things are being moved around or or it's being threatened quote unquote like it's easy to come to those people who feel so strongly about this and um and engage in that fear. And that's been the messaging right now from a certain human being about how we're going to take away Santa Claus and and things like that. So, and people truly do, they fear tradition changing. And I just want everyone to know like a a year without 35 people in your house, you you will be okay. I promise you it will, it will not feel good at first, but you can find It'll be all right. It will be okay. We will get through it. I promise. And I love that you like point out that like, you know, it's because like we don't have like a culture here in America. And I think that the people that have the biggest issue with like these traditions changing or like the biggest pushback or just are very like unhappy are the people that didn't like their people didn't bring any culture. And so they truly have like no culture. Because that's the thing, right? It's like we have 
tons of cultures here. We just don't have like an American like yeah. There's no broad American things. So it's like if your family has a culture within it, which for a lot of us of color, that is our situations. So our families have cultures within it, or we make friends with people who are like really connected to their culture and they share our cultures with us and stuff. But I feel like a lot of like you know like there's a lot of white people that don't have that, you know what I mean? And um, that like John, like does like his family wasn't like super strong into any culture. And so he kind of like became a part of some of his close friends cultures and they invited him into their culture and their world. And he, that's why he loves like learning about different cultures and stuff. But if you're white and you don't have any friends that are of color and you don't, you're not super connected with like, you know, your, whatever your European culture thing was, because a lot of people don't know, like, I've asked white people a lot, like, oh, do you know? And they're like, no, I'm just white, you know, which is fine. Like, you don't have to know. But I think that that's where a lot of that disconnect is. And so they become so obsessed with being American and like, doing these American things that it's like, well, if we don't have Thanksgiving, with 30 people at the table, and like a giant turkey, then, you know, we are having our rights taken away. And it's like that, like not having a dinner is not the same as having your rights taken away. Like it's a dinner at the end of the day. Like, I'm sorry to to break it to you, but it is a dinner. And honestly, like Christmas is also like a dinner and possibly like a gift exchange or, you know, things like that. But even if you're like, don't get religious on me and be like, well, it's Jesus birthday. Sure. But no, Jesus never said like, this is how you got to celebrate. You know what I'm saying? So celebrate however you want. Quite literally, there's no, uh, you know, instances of jesus's birthday the, <laughs> yeah like he didn't say like you gotta put up this tree. you gotta do this you gotta do that and so celebrate whoever you want but just be respectful and understanding of the people around you and knowing that like not everyone is going to feel comfortable you know coming out like people have spent since there's people that have since march have like barely left their homes like they're not going to just throw away like all their precautions just for a day, especially again, when like, if the root of that day is whether it's Jesus' birthday for you, or if it's Thanksgiving, it's being thankful or whatever. It's like, we don't necessarily need to get together and exchange gifts or have a big fancy dinner to do those things. It's nice. And I love it. I'm such a holiday person. Anybody that follows me like an Instagram or knows me in real life knows I love holidays truly. But I think that like, you know, like you said, this year is going to be a little bit different and we're going to be okay, you know? Yeah. And also, I mean, think about the privilege you've had that this has always existed in your life and now you're understanding the lives of so many other millions of our neighbors and friends who don't have these opportunities to participate in these traditional things, whether it be, you know, on, on by choice or even by, like, people who are have been kicked out of their homes as children, you know, early on and um, people who lived in poverty or different reasons why people who are undocumented who may need to work during those times where most people who do have citizenship can have time off. You know, there's so many different reasons why people don't have a traditional quote-unquote holiday season. And so now you're kind of getting a sneak peek into what some people have to do every year. And I promise you, your rights are not being taken away from you. Like I had many people do this every year and it is a blink of an eye to have dad go to work for 18 hours on Thanksgiving so that you can go get your big screen TV, whatever it is, you know? So I just want people to, to kind of look into perspective. I think the episode again is a really good episode to be reflective on. I think this episode is a follow-up. This is a good episode to have because our guest is, 
the space where she's talking about her journey and, you know, we're talking about wellness a lot. And I think this is a good episode going into, you know, next week. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to us at any point, because we, whatever happens, please do. I yeah. will say that. I think we weren't the last time we recorded in a, during a presidential election. I, I think we were, we were young little doe eyed children, but now I think over the experience, I think community is important regardless. Uh, if you feel like you need to talk to someone, please do. So, yeah, man, we are both my... here. I will be, I have an election day plan, which um, involves a lot of relaxing during the day because I know it's going to be. And Follow like, our do... guest and like do yeah. our videos that day. Like seriously. Yeah, do, do some stuff. I'm definitely, I heard, so, you know, obviously people have different plans, but I've heard some people say they're going to go on the longest run that they've been on so that they will go to sleep election night because they don't want to stay up and wait for the results. So like yeah. if you don't want to stay up and wait for the results, maybe it's a good time to try out some physical activity during the day so that you will maybe sleep a little bit more restfully. And maybe like it's a good time to have a longer night routine to kind of get you into that sleepy space. And I know some people are designating somebody else, their like political proxy where they're saying, hey, um, I can't do this. So can you just let me know when the results are in and you be the person that, to make sure to inform me like when the results are actually in. So depending on whether you feel like you're going to try to be there following it all or not, like just kind of make a plan that's going to keep you if you're going to be in it, then just make sure that you have whatever it is, you know, someone to talk to, uh, you know, some breathing exercises, some CBD oil, whatever it is, is going to get you through uh, watching all of that nonsense. Um, so I, I'm going to be kind of in between. I'll be like checking coverage and then like pulling away to like watch a funny movie and then like checking coverage again. Uh, but my brother's obviously working the political space. So I like if I need a, a extreme update, then they'll be on standby to give me one because they have to follow every inch of it, which I don't envy them at all. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope to see you guys next week. <laughs> Good vibes. All right, guys. Uh, reach out to us at Heart and Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Heart Hustle Pod on Twitter. Use the hashtag Bustle Hard. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on Spotify. We are also on Amazon. So, yeah, follow us on all the things, and we'll see you guys next week. Hey, we are super excited today to have Margot on our podcast. She is also in Florida, where Angelica and I are just over in Tampa, so not super far from us. We love to showcase uh, other Floridians on the podcast when we can so that you know that there are people in this state that are actually normal. So Marco, for those of us who aren't already familiar with your work, let us know a little bit about you and what you do. Um, thanks so much for allowing me to um, share with your audience and connect with you ladies. It's an honor. Um, my name is Margot Francois. I am a yoga teacher as well as um, I consider myself to be just like, um, I don't really like to use the word influencer, but a wellness practitioner who shares tips and tricks across my social media. Um, and I also am a mom to a two-year-old little boy. I work full-time in content marketing, and I'm just excited to have this conversation and looking forward to sharing with you all. Oh, this is awesome. I'm so happy that you're here. We get to talk to another yogi. How did you fall in love with yoga and what made you decide to become a yoga instructor? 
my corporate job, it was very stressful. Um, just go, go, go. It was kind of in startup mode with very lean teams mm. working in the beauty industry. And one of my girlfriends, um, we called each other cubicle buddies. Her name is Allie. She actually has a full-time yoga business called The Journey Junkie. Um, at that time when she was building that business, we would always joke about how great life would be once we got out of um, cubicle world and like the stress of marketing. And she ended up getting her yoga teacher certification. So um, once she graduated, she started teaching classes in the office and she would invite me to her classes and I would always decline because I was just more so about um, hit workouts, like just very intense kickboxing, anything that would make me um, get my heart pumping, jumping around and moving. So I, yoga just did not resonate with me, um, but she persisted and kept asking me to come to her classes. So finally, I, um, you know, I thought, you know, I have to be a good friend and supporter and there must be a reason why she's constantly inviting me. Let me see what this is all about. So we had the class inside of one of the conference rooms at the office. And I don't know if it was just like the day and the weight of it, but, um, I remember being laying on my mat and just having so much emotion built up and literally having tears in my eyes simply from connecting my breath to movement and being mindful of my movement, um, you know, that presence. So from there, I was hooked on yoga. She even kind of pulled me to the side and was like, you really should look into doing more yoga and learning more about yoga. I started an at-home practice where I was, um, it was just me at that point in time, single girl living my life. So I was leaving work, going home and literally would be on my mat for hours. It would be, you know, five o'clock I get home, 5.30 and eight, nine o'clock and I'm just now getting off my yoga mat. So it really was um, an experience that I instantly fell in love with the moment that I actually gave it a try. I love that so much. Like I also do yoga. I'm not as bendy and flexible as the two of you. Um, but I, I think that it's something that every single body can do, no matter like where you're coming from, what your background is, like it really does work for all bodies. And I think it's like, I mean, I know there's a few other, you know, fitness, spiritual things out there that, that do that, but I feel like yoga is just the one that like works for everyone. But with that being said, I feel like the wellness industry doesn't necessarily try to include everyone all the time. So what steps do you think the wellness industry needs to take in order to make practicing yoga more inclusive for everyone? You are absolutely right. So there is a huge inclusivity problem within the wellness industry and everyone's talking about it now. Um, but I think this is a great question because it's actually creating a framework of, okay, we know it exists, here are some steps to take to change the narrative. It's so interesting because a lot of times when people think of inclusivity, or even if you pair it with diversity, um, sometimes they don't think about the intersectionality of it. You know, it could be race, it could be gender, it could be your um, ability level, it could be um, how you identify, you know, your um, within your sexuality. So, um, I think that we have to really be aware of that being inclusive and you're you're so right a lot of times you don't see those different body shapes um you don't see a lot of different body um, ability levels represented in classes so i think that 
in addition to acknowledging, you have to um, intentionally create space for you know those diverse students and teachers, whether that be um, updating your marketing, whether it be going out on a limb and reaching out to a person, um, a teacher, um, a student, and inviting them into your space, even though they may not fit that demographic of what you usually target. Um, I think you also have to avoid assumptions. And when I say that, um, I've been having a lot of conversations because I actually have um, a yoga course that's called Race and Representation, where I really um, outline actions and steps that teachers, um, as well as yoga studios, can take to create more inclusive experiences for people of color. Um, and sometimes the assumption is, is that Black people aren't coming and practicing yoga because we can't afford it, but it's, it's deeper than that. Um, it's not just that we can't afford it, or I had someone to say, well, I want to raise up more Black yoga teachers, so I'm going to start a scholarship fund. And yes, there are some people who would benefit from that um, scholarship fund, but when you lead with those types of assumptions, me, I saved money and I funded my own yoga teacher training. Um, I just think that we have to be very careful with what we assume when inclusion comes about, or um, I've had people to say, I'm a full-figured yoga teacher. I've been in the front of the class on my mat and had students to walk up to me and say, hey, um, when is the yoga teacher coming? Real mm. life story. Mm. I also had a woman to share with me that she was um, in a class, an advanced yoga class, another full-figured woman, and the teacher told her, oh, you may want to go to the back of the class because you'll be more comfortable there. Oof. This woman is a teacher, so it's like those wow. avoid assumptions when interacting with different types of people. Um, and I also think that there has to be that accountability um, of avoiding spiritual bypassing. Enough of the, um, we are all human and humankind. It's like we live um, experiences out, off our mat. And a part of the practice is cultivating ourselves, mind, body, spirit on the mat. But the ultimate goal is to take that um, higher learning and that elevated state of being off the mat to then be true world changers, right? So we can't just pretend that the chaos of the outside world isn't being carried within our bodies and our minds and our spirits when we enter spaces. So we have to explicitly have conversations about race, about um, you know, uh, especially in this climate, um, maybe controversy. Create it doesn't have to be the topic of discussion, so to speak. As you you know, you're leading a full class, and all you talk about is the negativity of the world or the heaviness of divisiveness. But it shouldn't be one of those things where if you do address it, you're just blowing it over as well. In this space, we don't believe in that. Therefore, it doesn't exist. I, I just think that's dangerous when you spiritually bypass if you're a person and I see you as a person, I don't see color. That's when it teeters on being othering and, mm -hmm. and difficult to feel like, okay, this is truly a safe space because you don't feel safe when someone says, I don't see you for who yep. you are. Yeah. Wow. I love that so much. And I feel like it's just a reminder, like those examples are such a reminder that it is different to walk into a yoga class as like a skinny white woman as opposed to like being literally anyone else Absolutely. like it's not the same experience and even you who are like just like an in-shape gorgeous person like you're still dealing with racism like while you're in a yoga class and you're a yoga instructor like that's you know there's just nothing that like that explains it more than that and it's it's truly wild 
Um, but yeah, I think that there are a lot of people that don't get started because they're just kind of like, well, you know, I don't want to be like the only black one there. I don't want to be the only brown person. I don't want to be the only big person. I don't want to be, you know, whatever it is. I know I personally, like whenever I try something new, I make people go with me because I'm just like, I want to be in the back and hiding because I don't know what I'm doing. And also I want someone else who's there with me. But like, even if you can do it well, don't do it too well because I don't want to be the only one like being terrible. <laughs> like Angelica is not the person you want to bring to these classes because she's great at everything. Um, so Lies. yeah, it's like, it's, it is, I think that it's, it's important to be able to let people feel that they can walk through that door and be seen and not judged, you know? Yeah, and I also, like, because of, um, just wanted to mention Jessamine because she is such a big body-positive yoga person and a black woman who I think every single person who's seen an ad or a yogi or whatever has seen this woman be fat, black, and unapologetic in herself in her practice, and... I'm so happy that she has been in this movement and changing the viewpoint that she gets the respect that she has. And very much like, I think that can trickle down to what people say about people like Lizzo and like, you know, just they're so worried about body types and things. And I actually follow someone called, uh, named Latoya Snell, who's a runner, who's a marathon runner, who has, you know, a plus size body. She's a normal body, but she can, she runs 26 miles, you know, like several times a year. And she talks about her experiences in health and wellness and being who she is and what she looks like and how she goes to marathons and runs. And she's not fast or, you know, she's not like, you know, running a five minute mile, but she's running 26 miles. And I don't understand why she gets so much discrimination for her showing up to marathons and things. So I'm so happy that this is becoming, you know, not just largely a a global conversation, but hyper-local as well, because we do live in areas, metropolitan areas in in Central Florida that are very, you know, stringent upon a certain aesthetic and a certain look and a certain viewpoint, a certain tax bracket, and the fact that we're breaking down these barriers by being ourselves and doing things like being ourselves and existing in these spaces where we're not supposed to be, quote unquote. So I'm here for everything that you just said. Um, So speaking of, because things are stressful uh, and it's going to be real bad next week, what are three things that you're doing every single day that benefit your mental health? Definitely mindful breathing. Um, Just leaning into my breath again. Sometimes I feel very anxious um, when I wake up thinking about my to-do list or just the state of the world um, right now. So just taking a moment to inhale and exhale and focus on my breath. Um, Maybe I'm counting my breaths to really center my mind to be present so that I'm not worried about all of those things that are to come. Um, Just really tapping into being present. Um, Also, I do a daily Bible devotional. Um, So love reading my scripture, but also leaning into meditation to let it, you know, simmer and resonate with myself um, and journaling as a part of that devotional routine. Um, And honestly, spending quality time with my family. I love waking up in the morning and just cuddling with TJ before the hustle and bustle of the day. Um, we have our like designated five to 10 minutes in bed where we're just cuddling and you know, that uh, connection, feeling his heartbeat, feeling the warmth of his body, it really um, brings peace to me, um, as well as just spending time with my fiance and being intentional about us doing things, um, even the little things, whether it be us having a morning dance party, an evening dance party, making sure we're having dinner together. Those are really the things that um, are helping me to uh, preserve my mental health. 
I completely love that, especially like the quality time of family because it's free and it's easy. And I mean, all of these are free and easy, which is great because I, I don't feel like that's always the case with when you're asking people what they do. But yeah, literally it's like breathing, your daily devotional, quality time with family. Like, these are all things that people can do even if you aren't living with family at the time. It's like you can have a FaceTime that you do every day with your family. You can set aside like breaks to like take you know, just lay and lay down and like be one with your breath. Like these are really easy things to fit into like your everyday time. And I can say like, I, so I always, I worked from home forever, like pretty much most of my entire adult life. Um, but my husband's a teacher. So him working from home is like a new thing. And, you know, I understand where like people can be stressed with having everybody at home at once like I get that that can be weird and different but I can say like for me it has been helpful to have him home because you know you just never know what news you're going to get in 2020 and and how wild it's going to be like every day we're hearing something new and it's been nice to have him home because it's nice to be able to spend that quality time even if it's in the middle of the day just taking a break and being like we're going to have five minutes to just like sit and relax and like hold each other and be like, wow, this is all really stressful, you know, but it's, it's a lot easier when you're leaning on your family um, at a time like this. And again, I'm, my brothers are in Brooklyn, so I I haven't seen them during any of this, but you know, we call and FaceTime and and chat throughout the day. So I think that stuff is so important. And these are like the things that people should be doing all the time, but especially right now, like, especially right now, people need to be working these into their schedule. For sure. So how do you manage to balance work and wellness and motherhood and all of the different things that you have on your plate? Because you have a lot going on, but you seem to be pretty like balanced and happy in life right now. (laughs) It's so interesting that you say that because my biggest thing, um, especially I was always very career oriented. So is my fiance. So we were go, 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 hustle, 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 work, work, work. And then we had our son two years ago, and that, of course, shifted everything. He is at the center and the core of all that we do, you know, nurturing him, making sure that he's okay, um, putting family first. So I internalized putting family first as kind of putting myself on the back burner and like giving him my all, no matter what um, that entailed. And it really took a, a uh, it's toll on me because of the stress of this idea of what work ba- life balance looks like. Um, and it wasn't until about probably when he was about one that I was like, you know what, I, I can't like create this idea of what the perfect mom is and the perfect, you know, entrepreneur also working full time is. So I have to be okay with not checking every box off the list and I have to be okay with prioritizing certain things over others. So that's really kind of been what's helped is letting go of this idea of it has to be 100% perfect mom, 100% perfect worker, um, and to really just be okay with, you know, giving that 100% to TJ and only hitting that 75% at work, but knowing that it's it's okay. I think um, the prioritization of things has really shifted in my life um, with being okay with not being perfect. I think that has been the biggest thing um, and letting go of um, my own assumptions of what people are thinking. I think a lot of my um, early on mothering was coming from um, reading what other people were doing and looking at the aspirational mom who makes every meal from scratch with like raw organic food. (laughs) 
oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing that. But being okay with knowing that my best is enough for TJ. He's happy. He's healthy. Um, and the same with work. Being okay with closing the laptop and, and being um, open to waking up early the next morning to complete a task versus overextending myself um, if it's not necessary. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I early on was like, I'm going to be an okay mom. Let's be real. <laughs> we're not we're not eating raw and organic and et cetera. Every day at 6 p.m. sitting around the table singing Kumbaya for two and a half hours together <laughs> and working out together and doing it. You know, that, that just is not the reality we live in. And that's fine. And you're doing fine. You cuddle. You, you have a plan and it works for you and your family. And that is all that matters. And that's all your son is going to remember is the time he spent with mommy, this extra five minutes. He's not going to remember you were busy. He's going to remember we got to cuddle in bed every day before I got to school or whatever it is. So you're doing just fine. There's nothing. Um, But speaking of how I keep bringing up bad things. So the world's terrible. (laughs) Just that's that's my my role in the show. I suggest me to remind everybody that we live in a dumpster fire. I think I called it a hellfire this morning in my post. Uh, on Instagram. So we're in a hellfire. It's 2019. There's a pandemic. There's an election. There's fires, literally. There's wars. There, there's all kinds of things happening. So how are you surviving with your business? You know what? Um, the gift of COVID for me has been virtual education. Um, and of course, I don't, I mean, COVID is terrible and we're all experiencing so much in the world is in a, just like a state of chaos like you said it's literally on fire um but it has opened up the door for me to connect with people um virtually i was teaching in-person community classes partnering up with um local black yoga teachers again being very intentional about um creating safe spaces for black yoga practitioners. Of course, it wasn't exclusionary, but definitely being um, representative and meeting people where they were, right? Um, Bringing yoga to their community for some donations-based classes, um, definitely incubating that audience. But um, of course, with us being indoors, it transitioned into me doing, you know, some corporate yoga classes, as well as networking with people to host classes on Zoom. So it's definitely been um, not too terrible on business, um, as well as it caused me that race and representation course that um, I've created to you know, help yoga teachers as well as um, yoga studio owners to create more inclusive spaces for people of color um, with black people at the center. That came to be through COVID and it's growing and I'm partnering with um, Yoga by Candace with her yoga teacher training and really just ramping up that, um, you know, putting your mouth where your money, where your mouth is as far as, um, yes, we're, we're, we're calling this out, but here are some action steps to take. So it's definitely opened up a lot of doors um, regarding me collaborating and taking my business to a more virtual level. I love that. And I like, as an introvert, I love how everything is becoming more virtual now. Like, I'm an introvert too. So yeah, like, yes. there's so many more like <laughs> options. And like, you know, I suffer from really bad anxiety. Like I occasionally deal with depression and sometimes it's just hard for me to like get out of the house. And it's so awesome that like now there's a lot of things that I can do from home. 
that I otherwise would have just like not shown up for, right? So that's been like really helpful for me this year. And like something that I've been, you know, trying to you just learn about is like just being more intersectional in my feminism and like learning about people that have disabilities and stuff and how challenging it is for them a lot of times to be able to get out of the house uh, for various reasons. And it's, I think it's really great that there's so many more options for them when it comes to virtual now, even just with therapy, like there was a lot of like therapists that just did not offer online services before this, like through telehealth and stuff. And so if you found a therapist you really loved and they just didn't offer an online service, well, you just had to go with somebody else. But now it's like almost everyone that has any sort of service at least offers some sort of online component with it as well. So I like that to me is like the one takeaway that is a positive this year for sure. Yeah, I love that you mentioned um, people with disabilities um, and because personally as a yoga teacher, that's something that I've really been um, leaning into Mm -hmm. is how do I make my offerings more accessible? Um, So I've really been looking into teaching chair yoga and just um, even just modifying different postures. But um, I just wanted to call out that yeah intersectionality is so broad there's such a like who we are and how we're existing during these times well like my best friend was diagnosed with lupus um back in november and so this is like she was just kind of getting uh used to like what that meant for her life and the changes it meant for her life and then all of a sudden we're in 2020 and everything is terrible and so it's it's bad for anyone, but especially like with somebody who has like an autoimmune disability. And so it's been really like interesting watching her kind of share her journey. And she does like to be active and stuff like that, but she can't always be as active as she'd like to be. So sometimes things like yoga are super important to her. And then not even just during COVID, but like during flu season, she needs to be extra, extra careful, you know? And so it's like this, like having um, online components and things like that are things that can help her all the time. So I love just that, you know, we're starting to think about just other people, especially with us being, you know, from marginalized communities. Like I think that it's more important, not more important for us to do it, obviously, straight, rich, white people should do it. But I'm just saying, (laughs) a lot of us probably won't. So I'm glad that we are. so yeah, we're all about systems and tools on this podcast. We really love a good system. We really love a good tool that's going to help, you know, make work or life easier. So what are your three favorite tools that help you run Busy Yoga Mom? So um, with Busy Yoga Mom, there's, you know, social media and my blog has been a huge focus for me lately. So I'm kind of sharing some of the tools that I use really to run the blog. Um, but of course it overlaps with social media. So um, everybody and their mama loves them some Canva. For me, it's just like um, just a great tool for me to build out images to include in my blog, um, as well as some of their stock photo offerings. Um, again, this is a unique time to be um, a creator. So my photographer and I haven't um, seen each other since February, um, and I haven't necessarily been out creating as much content as I would like to due to social distancing. So um, they do have like a pretty decent offering of some free stock photos that I've leveraged. Pinterest has been my jam. um, And I've always dabbled in Pinterest for scheduling content to drive traffic to my audience. But um, I've really 
noticed that it's a key traffic driver and that was just with me kind of dabbling in it. So um, it's such a unique tool that um, I've invested um, in actually hiring a Pinterest manager um, last month. And I'm seeing so much traffic coming to my site, so that is definitely a go-to for me. And when it comes to just looking up keywords and seeing how my headlines line up, I love the tool Uber Suggest. Mm -hmm. um, so those are kind of like my top three that really help me on the content creation side of things for Busy Yoga Mom. Neil Patel emails me every day, and I'm I'm Neil, who <laughs> created Uber okay. Suggest. He emails you every day, sometimes three times a day. He's letting you know that you're going to get back to his Pinterest course. You're getting back to his YouTube course. You're getting into his Uber. Like, Neil Patel is a beast. I think he's actually, like, 90 people, and I think he has, like, an underground warehouse of, like, rabbits who run for him all day because he is putting out these courses like I, I mean he's always been a beast but i feel like he's taken the opportunity of 2020 and ran with it and his content is like insane and i've done an e-commerce course with him i think i talked about it earlier this year uh when he came and had it out it's on youtube all his stuff is on youtube and he's just a nice dude like he's real nice he's real personable on twitter and everything and uber suggests i think if anyone is doing anything that needs keywords or has a website, you need to be using that tool. It's just free and amazing to utilize. So I agree 100% with you on that one. I'm all for free too. And again, these are yes. pretty much all free minus like hiring the Pinterest manager to get more specific with it. But uh, still, I think a, a, an affordable, uh, you know, investment that people can make. Um, and yes, like everyone in their mom is on Pinterest this year more than usual. Like it's always a popular site, but I think people forget about it because it's not the same as like, say like Instagram where it's like, look at me, look at me. So people kind of forget that Pinterest is such a powerhouse, but it really is like people are seriously on there and it's one of the best tools for like actually driving traffic to your website because a lot of times on Instagram, People will be on Instagram and they'll like your stuff and interact with your stuff, but they're not going to make that switch over to your website. Whereas on Pinterest, it's more likely that they're going to go from Pinterest to your website. Yeah. So I don't think a lot of people realize that. But yeah, those are amazing tools. I'm going to say people forget about it because it's not owned by Mark Zuckerberg and the owner of Pinterest <laughs> is like mostly non-problematic. So that's why we don't hear about it. It truly is, man. It truly is. Like, I feel like they just stay in their lane. Like, there's no, there's no, like, ridiculous updates all the time. And, like, if you yeah. don't go on Pinterest for a few weeks and you come back, like, it's going to be the same. Like, I just prefer it. No one sends you DMs all the time. <laughs> so, Margo, what advice do you have for those who are listening who want to get started into yoga or who are starting a wellness journey? And I really think 2020 is the time to do it because there's so many options virtually, but I'm excited to hear from you what people should look forward to. For sure. It's so interesting. I always um, get this question at least once a week from people messaging me saying, how do I get started? And of course, I'm like, you just have to start. There mm -hmm. is no how to just um, and they're like, OK, girl, but you know, it's more like, how do I start? Where do I start? Um, but I would say that um, instead of like getting into your head um, to release those expectations of what you think it will be like or what you think it should be like and to be present um, when you do begin your practice. And if you don't know where to start, there are so many. We're talking about free. That's the word of the day here 
free. Yeah. Um, of course, I will plug myself. I have busyyogamom.com. I have tutorials. I have videos on my social media, free full-length classes. Um, I'm usually on social media sharing when I am teaching free classes. So definitely um, check me out at Black Yoga Mom on Instagram. That's where I usually share my schedule. But um, YouTube, there are so many free resources and there are amazing Black teachers. I literally um, get on YouTube and Google <laughs> Black Yoga teachers. I mean, Same. Specifically <laughs> for that representation. Um, and they pop up. But um, I do love yoga with Adrian. She's amazing. She's she the OG. Resources, yes. I just and her teaching style is very inviting. She is just one of my favorite um, teachers who's inspired my um, framework when I'm teaching. So I highly recommend her on YouTube. She has fun, um, lots of foundational, fundamental yoga videos. But um, places are opening back up, and if it's in, within your comfort zone, I do advise that um, either you visit a, a local yoga studio to um, really be in the presence of a teacher so that you can, um, so that they can see your body and how you move. Of course, we wanna avoid injury. Um, or if it's um, within your budget or feasible to potentially see if you can get a private lesson. Um, I do virtual private lessons um, to at least just let someone see your alignment or to kind of see what your goals are and potentially cultivate a practice that um, meets you where you are. Um, so those are just like kind of, you know, let go of those expectations of what you think it will be and just be present, let go of judgment of yourself, um, just move freely. I know it's easier said than done, but the more that you practice, the more that you will begin to embrace that mindset. And that's another thing I want to call out. It's a practice. I know sometimes we see pictures and people are doing these crazy poses and it's beautiful and it looks intimidating. It looks like um, it's not attainable. But yoga is a practice and yoga is, you know, sitting up with your back straight, uh, breathing. Yoga is child's pose. Yoga can be some crazy handstand or headstand where, you know, you're tapping into different parts of your body. But just know that there's a spectrum and it's a practice. And if all you're doing is laying on your mat with your hands reached out, um, doing child's pose, that's yoga and that's enough. Start where you are and continue to grow from there. I love that so much. And I love that you said, like, just move freely because I started looking at with a nutritionist earlier this year and something that she, cause like she obviously like was working more on the nutrition side of things. So she wasn't telling me like what to do as far as exercise, but she started calling, um, like she would write in like movement instead of exercise. And she would always call exercise movement. And for me, like that just like, there was just some sort of like light bulb that went off and I was just like, Oh, like, you're just moving your body. Like it doesn't yeah. need to be this whole like, oh, well I need to schedule this and then make sure this is scheduled. And it's like, you know, like I'm not training to like run a marathon or, you know, anything like that. Like I just want to be, you know, like I'm just on a wellness journey that it's like, I just want to be the best that I can be and feel healthy and feel comfortable in my body and myself and my mind and my spirit. So it's just movement. So like yeah. that has really helped me just get over it because every day for me, it was always like a challenge of like, well, you know, you didn't, I, I would try to do like yoga, cardio, and like some sort of strength training every day. And if I didn't hit one of those things, I was like, well, I have failed at exercise and I am a sucky exercise person. And that was just my like thought process. And now I'm just like, no, it's just movement. Like 
and it, it's just so much easier to approach it from that place. I, I don't know why. It's just, it's so different. <laughs> it's so true. And I even um, reference yoga as mindful movement. I don't always call yes. it yoga because sometimes people get caught up in a box of, especially if it's new to you, it's like, mm-hmm. no, this is what yoga is. And this is oh, what I Mindful think. movement. I love that. That, oh, is, that is exactly what it is. Movement free oh. of judgment. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we're almost to the end of 2020. Thank the Lord. We are heading into 2021. <laughs> what upcoming projects, classes, and content do you have for our listeners to look forward to? And where should they follow you along to learn more about you? Yes. So, um, again, I kind of mentioned my race and rep- representation course. Um, it does target yoga studio owners as well as yoga teachers or future yoga teachers because I am partnering with some um, yoga teacher trainings. However, um, it's definitely accessible across the wellness space. So um, you can definitely check out busyyogamom.com to learn more about that. As well as, again, I kind of mentioned this, but I'm always hosting virtual classes. And um, again, you can follow me at Black Yoga Mom on Instagram and Twitter. That's where I post a lot about my upcoming class schedule or any virtual offerings. Um, and yeah, just check out busyyogamom.com and follow me at Black Yoga Mom on Facebook, um, Busy Yoga Mom on Facebook, um, and Black Yoga Mom on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. awesome. Thank Yay. you so much, Margo, for talking to us today. I feel like I learned so much. Like, I cannot wait until the pandemic is over so I can head over. To I know. I'm like, when are we doing it? Road <laughs> <laughs> trip. <laughs>